Welcome to Christian Life Church Podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. We're delighted to have David and Greta Peters back with us over this weekend. We had a great time with them yesterday and um, the teaching was exceptional and I just want to encourage you. I would imagine some of that's come out of some of the resources that's available on prayer. Please make sure you take a little look at that. We have to become a people who seek God above all other things. And prayer is the means by which we can connect with him and hear the answers and the antidotes for all those problems. So why don't you give them, they don't need an introduction, you know them well, but David and Greta, why don't you give them a huge Christian Life Church welcome again. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. It's, uh, it's a joy to be with you all the way from New Zealand. Um, anyone ever been to New Zealand? Okay, one. Australia? They're our cousins. We love them as well, believe it or not. And uh, wow, we have uh, five million people in New Zealand living in a landmass uh, larger than Great Britain. But don't worry, we have 40 million sheep. They take up the space. <laughs> And I tell you what, if they ever got rebellious, we'd be in trouble, but it's a joy, it's a joy to be with you. Uh, we love your pastors, uh, Simon and Jane, and what a joy to have a leader that is sensitive to the direction of the Holy Spirit as we've just experienced. And, uh, you know, we have the same D- DNA, hungry for Jesus. And uh, I'm glad that you've chosen to be part of a church that just doesn't want to be religious and just settle for nice meetings, but really push on in Jesus, get to know him better, get to know more of his presence and power. So that was awesome. So hasn't it been a crazy few years, these last few years? But we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus said the nearer we get to his coming, there'd be certain signs uh, in the earth, earthquakes, Famines, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, uh, the roaring of the seas, which is the weather going crazy, signs in the sky, which is funny weather and other things. He said, when you see those things, don't be discouraged. Look up because it's pointing towards me coming back. So what Greta and I want to share this morning, Greta's got a, a prophetic message, short prophetic message she wants to share with you, and I've got a teaching that we hope will give you real keys to navigate these times, which aren't easy times, but God wants us to come through successfully, victoriously, so over to you. you. Well, we are absolutely thrilled to be in this beautiful city of Birmingham again, um, Some years ago when we were ministering at another church in Birmingham, I really just felt God say that he had earmarked Birmingham um, for revival and awakening. And, And David and I just absolutely witnessed with everything that Pastor Simon has said about the rain. Um, In David's prayer book, um, there's a written prophecy from 2015 Um, I felt God give an unusual way to me about the rain that is coming and um, God opening the floodgates of heaven. And also what you said about waking up. Um, I shared at the leaders summit in our seminar this thing about wake up, the wave is coming, it really is coming. And God wants us ready and awake. But just quickly before I, I, I share um, today's message, um, just something I feel that, that our Heavenly Father wants to encourage a number of you with, and it's something the Father spoke to me, and I just really feel this is for a number of you today. 
You know, last year, 2022, on, on Father's Day, I had this most unusual but very delightful encounter with a robin redbreast. And, you know, the redbreast, what does it speak of? A red heart. It speaks of love, doesn't it? A father, and, and I felt that God say afterwards that the robin redbreast is a sign of Father's love. And this is what he said. Um, every day is our Father's day because he made it. And then he said, as I provide for the birds of the air every day, how much more will I not provide abundantly for you every day of your life? And Father wants to just remind a number of you, he is your provider and you can trust him to meet all your needs as you ask him. And then can you believe it? Today is Father's Day again. It's the Father's Day weekend. And yesterday, um, as we were arriving at our, our accommodation in the car park, another encounter with a robin redbreast. And um, he just came and landed and hopped towards us. And then he stood there. And as I'm pulling my suitcase towards the door, I was watching him over my shoulder. He kept watching us all the time. And this is what I felt Father say, and I, I feel it is for a number of you here, um, that Psalm 121 ties in with it. Father says, I am always watching you. And I, just a few extracts from Psalm 121. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. He keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Your father is your protector as well as your provider. And you trust him with that. And um, earlier today in the first service in the worship, I was seeing God had sent angels and this room is full of angels, and they are God's, the Bible says, ministering spirits. And often what they are carrying symbolizes what God is wanting to release. And I've never seen angels carry this before. They were holding these, they look like ornaments, red hearts. And I feel God wants to release to us a greater revelation of Father's love. Because that is the secret to our identity and our security and our freedom. So I'm always hungry for a greater revelation of Father's love. And if that is you, would you just lift your hands to the Lord to receive a greater revelation? Father, we just thank you that you so greatly love us, that your love just pours down upon us like the warmth of the sunshine. And in the name of Jesus... I release the spirit of revelation across this room right now. Receive a greater revelation of Father's love as of today. Your roots will go down deeper into the soil of his marvelous love. You will have a greater understanding of how vast his love is. You will experience Christ's love and you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Just receive that. Amen. To give you a brief big picture context, back in 2019, um, I felt that the next decade would be the roaring 20s. 
The devil is roaring louder than ever. Nations are raging and roaring like the roaring seas. Isaiah 17, 12. These are Psalm 46, six days that says, the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. And this turbulence and shaking and uncertainty in the world is going to continue. However, in the chaos, you and I can remain secure and unshaken. And God just so profoundly reminded us of an important truth. The first thing he spoke to me on the first uh, day of this year, early in the morning, were these words, I am in full control. And he, we need to remember that as we move forwards. Because the Lord warns, there are more curveballs coming, but Jesus says, keep your eye on the prize. These Days ahead of us are both the most difficult days for the church, but they are also the, mo- the greatest and the most glorious days for the church. And God is wanting us to, to stand unshaken like an unshakable God. Now, one of the things I've sensed God speaking over this last period of time is this word alignment, and we've got it coming up on the screen. It is time to align. And he's confirmed alignment a number of times uh, through a natural sign, in actual fact, our home ventilation system. Every time I randomly pass the control panel, it would be exactly the same in the roof and the house. And we've never seen that happen before. For example, it would be 22, 22, 23, 23, 24, 25, 26. And so I said, Holy Spirit, what does this mean? And then he reminded me, the roof and the house is like heaven and earth. And Father wants the same on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, alignment. We pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I felt him emphasize these aspects. He said, alignment with my heart, alignment with my will, and alignment with my word. The Lord looks for men and women after his own heart who will love him and know him in close relationship. And in Acts 13, 22, God said, I have found David, a man after my own heart. And he wants us all to be men and women after his own heart. He looks for those who live in full surrender to his will, who are willing to walk in his plans and purposes. And God said of David, he will do everything I want him to do. Would you and I do everything the Lord asks us to do? And then thirdly, he looks for those who will wholeheartedly obey and trust him and his word. His word is so important. It's, a, it's to me my great treasure, the most treasured book I possess Obey and trust his word so that he can release accelerated spiritual maturity to us. You know, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, I pray you will become mature. And I pray for all of us. May we all become mature. May we all grow to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ because that is God's intention. Now, we cannot align in our own efforts, but it is so wonderful that God is releasing to us grace for alignment. And there's a special period right now of multiplied grace for the church to come into alignment with heaven. The number five symbolizes grace. And I've repeatedly come across the numbers 555. For example, it'd be a price tag, 
um, it'll be the time, 5.55, etc. Um, everywhere I look, that number, and 555 is multiples of five, multiplied grace to us. Now, why is grace so important? It's so that the church is ready um, and prepared and rightly positioned to be and do, to be that glorious, shining bride of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit and full of power, and to do, to accomplish both our personal and our corporate assignments that God has for us. Because it is alignment for assignment. Can you say to the person next to you, alignment for assignment? You know, in, in, in July last year, the Lord reminded me again of this unprecedented multi-generational move of God that is coming when he pours out his spirit. And we this... It's getting closer. And he has important assignments for each one of us. And to the older ones, to fathers and mothers and generals in the faith, a major assignment is to pray and also to equip the younger generation, the current young adults, the future leaders to become fathers and mothers. And to this, this young adult generation, he says, run with the generals. Learn from them and then keep running far beyond the older generation. Rise up to your full potential. You will lead the children of today to become a spiritful army of God. You will train and prepare them to reach a billion of the generation for the kingdom of God. And this word is for the church globally. And, and that is not unrealistic because in 2013, 10 years ago, I read the statistic that by 2025, which is just two years in time, less than two years' time, a billion more children will be born. And God doesn't want anyone to be lost. He wants all, everyone to be saved. So God is not only imparting to us grace for alignment, he's imparting strength for assignment. And he promises supernatural strength as we wait upon him. And there's a scripture he's brought to mind over and over. And he confirmed this last year when we were ministering um, in, in Australia through an unusual um, sign. Uh, it's a it was a photo hanging in the bedroom wall. And we have a picture of it coming up um, on, on the slide. A big wild ox. Imagine trying to go to sleep with that staring at you. And in ancient Israel, the wild ox was a symbol of strength and power. And the wild ox is a symbol for us, the church, today. And here is this verse, Psalm 92.10. It says, but you, Lord, have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. And this will become our declaration. Now, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's what the Bible says. But in the natural, even lions are very careful of a wild ox. And a number of years ago, um, when my first husband, Ron, was still alive, he's now in heaven, when he and I were in um, a very large uh, national park in northeastern South Africa, we came across this amazing scene. In a clearing among the trees, we saw a buffalo, a type of wild ox, and he was surrounded by a pride of lions who wanted him for their lunch. 
But this wild ox, this buffalo, so fearsomely stood his ground, whenever a lion tried to get near him, he put down those horns, um, they eventually gave up and slinked away, the entire pride. It was a substantial number of lions. But the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Stand firm in your faith like that wild ox against any demonic pride of lions and they won't just slink away, they will flee. And after winning a battle, the ox raises its horns and the raised horn in the scriptures is a symbol of victory. And victory, the raised horn, is God's intention for you and me. So it is time to align with God's heart, his will, and his word. And he is releasing grace for alignment and strength for your assignments to victoriously complete them. Thank you, sweetheart. So I want to share another key with you. Greta's talked about the need to align, always align with what heaven is doing in your life. You'll always succeed in God's purposes if you do. And when we come out of alignment, it's like having a broken bone that can't be set, and that's pain. So when we come into alignment with truth, alignment with the word, alignment with what heaven is doing, that's when the strength of God comes. And so another great key for us to navigate through these turbulent times is for spiritual fathers and mothers to arise in the church. And I want to talk to that in a moment. A couple, some of the books we've got out there, we've got a book on hope, if you need some more hope. We've got this book called Afterlife. It's all about life after death, what happens at death, what heaven's like, uh, the return of Jesus, judgment day, we're all gonna face one, what all that'll be like for you and me. Um, Resurrection, what your resurrection body is going to be like, the future world that God's going to create. He's going to make a new earth and new heavens, bring heaven down to earth. We're going to live with him forever. And also it's our story of navigating through the grief of losing uh, our spouses some years ago and how God brought us together and, and got us through that grief. And so if you've lost a loved one, I know that'll really, really help you. In fact, is there anyone here, you've lost someone really close to you in the last three months? Just raise your hand. You have, would you like to read this? You already got it. Okay, anyone else? You've, you've, would you like this? I'll leave it here for you and you can get it at the end. All right, and this book on how to pray and change your world, Charles Spurgeon said, whenever God wants to do a great work, he first sets his people to pray. And if you wanna see great things in your life, your family, um, in our city, in our nations, uh, we need to pray. So this is written for those whose prayer lives are zero or even you're a prayer warrior and everyone in between just to help you go another step and it will light a fire. Anyone like a bit more fire in your prayer life? You, you Here it comes, lady in yellow, whoops. Well caught, well caught. You deserve a free book for that. Would you like to get a free one afterwards? You, okay, well you go and, and say, I caught the book, I'm allowed a free one. All right, so... <laughs> I'm feeling generous. So this turbulence that we're in in the world, it's gonna continue right through the 2020s. But we know that God's up to something. 
And you know, every prophetic word is an invitation to intercession. Just because prophecies come doesn't mean that they're gonna happen. We have to mix them with faith. We have to pray them into being. Uh, And the church right now across the earth, God is stirring us to rise in prayer, rise in mission, and also to rise in maturity. The apostle John spoke to the church of his day in 1 John 2, 12 to 14, coming on the screen. He talked about three levels of maturity. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because you're sins have been forgiven on account of his name, the name of Jesus. And I'm writing to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I'm writing to you, young men and women, because you've overcome the evil one, the devil. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. And I write to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. He must, that must be important for him to repeat it twice. And I write to you, young men and women, because you're strong and the word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one. Wow. So what does it mean to be a spiritual father or mother? It means you're a person who knows him who's from the beginning. But what does that mean? So why don't we go back to the beginning and find out what that means? Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, coming on the screen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And that word formless in Hebrew can also be translated chaotic. So you've got a picture of a primeval world. It's chaotic, it's empty, and it's dark. Sounds a bit like the world we're living in, doesn't it, for many people in many nations. Chaos, emptiness, darkness. But into that chaos and darkness, as the Spirit was hovering, He was waiting for a command to come from heaven. And in heaven, Father thinks, let there be light. Jesus speaks because the worlds were created through the word of God, Jesus. Let there be light. And the Spirit creates light. And by the time you get through to, um, or Genesis 1-3 says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And by the time you get to the end of Genesis 1, God's created this amazing world. Like he's created rivers and seas and plants and animals and he's created human beings and birds and it's just out of the chaos he he brings order. Out of the emptiness he fills the earth with good things. Out of the darkness he brings light. You see as Christians we don't believe in evolution. We believe he is the creator God of the universe. Evolution's alive from the pit of hell to seduce people into having no accountability to the creator. And people love the lie because it excuses them from having to believe uh, that there is a God. And many people today growing up in the young generation have been educated to believe that evolution is a fact when it's a theory that lacks any evidence at all. And more and more scientists are coming to the conclusion there is an intelligent designer. They may not call him God, but there is an intelligent designer. And I I love the story about the little girl that goes to her mum and she says, Mummy, I'm really confused. You say we are created in God's image. Daddy says we came from monkeys, which is true. She said, Honey, I'm talking about my side of the family. Daddy's talking about his. <laughs> Help yourself. If you want to think you came from apes, feel free. 
You want to say, I'm created in the image of God? My God spoke the world into being? Hallelujah. You're on your way. See, if the devil gets you to doubt Genesis 1, he'll get you to doubt the end of the book. A new earth is coming, a new world in which righteousness dwells. The wicked will be shut out. Those who have faith in Jesus will be allowed to enter in their resurrection body. Behold God, live with him on a new planet, in new heavens, heaven coming to earth. Wow, that's eternal life. Anyway, I won't get cracking on that. I was trained as a scientist, so I've studied it all. So for a spiritual father and mother to know him who is from the beginning, it means that they know unshakably that God is the God that can turn chaos into order and light uh, and, and, and darkness into light. He really can in our lives. A spiritual father and mother knows no matter how bad the situation is in their life, in their family, in the city and the nation and the nations of the earth, no matter how chaotic it looks, no matter how dark it looks, they know that God is able to change it all in response to the prayers of the church and the faith of his people. They know that. And they've probably had to journey through adversity and affliction and difficulty to experience that God can bring you out the other side into the goodness of his grace. Now, sometimes chaos and darkness are the product of our own poor decisions or sin in our lives, and so we need to examine our hearts and change with God's help. But there is a chaos and a darkness right now that's in the world that's just purely satanic evil and wicked people doing wicked things, many times in ignorance, but deceived by the devil to do wicked things. And so we see that the world is in trauma at the moment, and we need spiritual fathers and mothers to arise to give security to those younger in the faith to say, it's going to be all right. You know, when we say revival and awakening's coming, we say that not out of wishful thinking. We say that because every time in history where things have got really bad, God has always turned up with an awakening, with revival, and it just needs a few people to believe it and seek his face and heaven opens over a nation or a city. We have to believe and say, oh, revival, we've heard all about that. Revival and awakening will come if we pursue God for that. We can't live in cruisy Christian mode while the world is perishing and heading to hell. We must petition heaven for a move of the Spirit of God that will turn the chaos into order and the darkness into light. We must pray for the the governments of this world that the fear of God will fall upon them, that heaven will open over blind politicians who are doing things deceived by the enemy, leading nations and a generation of young people into lies and deception. Not all of them, but many of them. And you can wring your hands all you like and say, oh, that's terrible, aren't they wicked people? But actually it comes back on us. And the spiritual fathers and mothers are not gonna be dictated to by what the devil is doing out there and the destruction he's bringing. We're gonna make a stand and say, Lord, we are gonna stand until heaven comes to earth. We are gonna stand and believe that in our lives, our cities, our nations, among our children and our grandchildren, something good can happen. Had a son in the drug scene for 12 years. Chaos, darkness, prayed, kept loving him, kept praying until heaven opened over his life 
and he came back to Jesus. Hallelujah. He's going on for God today. Wow, that was a chaotic time. But God answered prayer. My own story of this is learning that God can transform rotten situations into something good. My first wife, Jane, was from England and she came out uh, to visit New Zealand relatives and we met and fell in love and got married. And before we got married, she said, look, I need to tell you, I've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which is a neurological wasting disease. And, uh, but she was in remission, we were in love, we felt God had brought us together. So we went ahead and got married But sure enough, about six years into the marriage, the disease kicked in, and she had the worst form of it, chronic progressive, just got worse and worse, until finally it confined her to a wheelchair, and she spent the last 20 years of her life in a wheelchair, and I spent the last 16 years of those being her caregiver, and we prayed for healing all the time. We've said, Lord, this is not good. You're a healing God. Come with a miracle. And many others prayed for healing, but it was not to be. And finally, uh, you know, her breathing was affected. Her swallowing was affected. She caught pneumonia, and, and that took her. And I had to make a decision. You know, the day she died, the paramedics had tried to revive her. Uh, they couldn't. She, her body was on the, the bed in the bedroom. I went down after that informed me. I'm sorry, Mr. Peters, we couldn't resuscitate her. I went down to the bedroom to say my goodbyes to her. And I just looked up to heaven and I said, Lord, I am not going to be offended that you didn't heal her. I'm disappointed. I don't understand why you haven't. But Lord, you give you take away, blessed be your name. You're a good God. No matter the pain I'm feeling, no matter the disappointment that I'm aching with, Lord, and the grief I'm gonna have to walk through, I declare that you're a good God. You're a good God. And I tell you, I made another vow. I said, Lord, I promise to keep praying for the sick and to train an army of other people to do it. Didn't have a clue how to do it. I've seen Christians back off healing. They prayed for healing, never got it because somebody died and they never pray for another sick person. By the way, if you pray for a Christian to be healed and they die, they've been promoted to heaven. That is not losing, that is gaining. They have gained to live as Christ, to die as gain, to depart and be with Jesus is better by far. When you come to heaven, you come to the spirits of redeemed people made perfect. I thought, wow, Jane's gained. She's better by far. She's a perfected spirit in heaven. And when I decided I'd celebrate her gain and not grieve so much my loss, God accelerated my healing uh, of grief. And eventually, uh, Greta, uh, we didn't know each other. Uh, God brought us together in a most miraculous way. She'd lost her husband, Ron, a few months after Jane. It's the stories in the book, Afterlife. And, and just God brought us together and, and before we'd met, while we're still courting, the Lord gave me an idea for a school of the supernatural. We ran it in our home church, Elam Christian Center in East Auckland. And like, it was so popular. We did eight, eight nights, two sessions a night, and hundreds of people came through. Then we had to run another one. And then churches started hearing about it. Come and run one for us. So we shrank it to a weekend. By that time, Greta and I were married. And now Greta and I have taken that school to hundreds of churches in a number of nations and thousands of Christians have been trained to operate in the supernatural and to pray for the sick. And we've literally seen hundreds of people healed. And 90% of the healings have been through the people praying for one another. We've gotten to pray some of the time for that. And you know what? When, When Jane died, I said, Lord, all those years of praying for healing, don't waste them. Let others be healed of MS. 
Well, we've seen three people healed of multiple sclerosis. One of them is a lady who lives here in Birmingham. Can I read you her testimony? We were running a school of the supernatural in BCC, Birmingham Christian Center, some years ago. And this is, this is what she sent us about a year later. She said, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. At first, I was in denial, but then the symptoms began to increase. I had continual pain down the left side, weakness in my legs, slow thoughts and speech, giddy and discoordination. Although I was now fearful of going out alone, I made it to the school of the supernatural, went forward for healing. I was desperate as the pain down my left side was awful and I felt I could not live with it. As I walked away after prayer, I noticed I was pain-free. I could not stop praising God. The next day as I went to church, I suddenly realized I was walking fast and my legs felt strong and the slowness of thought and speech has also gone. Hallelujah. Come on. What a miracle. And you know what? We don't know who prayed for her and she can't remember. I think that's rather cool. It's like Jesus did it and he just uses anonymous people. Wow. Uh, she contacted us a few weeks ago, heard that we were in country. This is now seven years later. So just to let you know, I'm going strong. My husband and I have been to Bible college. Uh, we are involved in a church plant and counseling, and I've had opportunity to share my testimony everywhere in both big meetings and little meetings. She's going on for Jesus. And we shared her testimony in New Zealand, and in the audience was another woman with MS. She came up, asked for prayer. We felt a surge of faith as we prayed for her. She's now reported that she's healed. Hallelujah. Come on. If I got offended at God, well, you didn't heal my wife. None of that would have happened. See, a spiritual father and mother knows that God is good, even though pain is screaming at you. They know that God is good, even though everything's chaotic and dark. They've learned it the hard way. Now, it's an ageless thing. You can be 20 and have walked through some horrible valley and you've loved God in that. And you know what? You can be a spiritual father and mother to the next generation, the kids. You can be 70 and still offended at what God didn't do years ago and you've stunted your growth. But having said that, for most people, it's as you walk through the decades of life and discover that in all the trials and sorrows, He is good. And what he does is good. You become a spiritual father and a spiritual mother that will bring security to the younger generation. And I believe that Psalm 23 is a really important psalm for this year and for this decade. And I don't have time. Time is gone. Could I just suggest you read that when you get home today? Have a read of Psalm 23. It's an incredible, this is the year of the good shepherd. This is the decade of the good shepherd. We need to know he is a good shepherd that will get you through. Can we have our scripture back up on the screen? 1 John 2, 12 to 14. Could you read that? Just take a moment to read it through. So he's talking about three levels of maturity. And if we can have the next slide. So we've got these three levels. We've got children. Could you go to the next slide, please? There you go. Children know their sins are forgiven and that God is their father. So you might be a young Christian. You might have not known the Lord for long, weeks, months, um, 
perhaps even a few years, spoke to a lady this morning that gave her life to Jesus, said, I've just been coming to this church for a few weeks. And, you know, she, I think she'd made some kind of connection with God, but she today made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus. And like, she's a total new believer, just talking to her. And you could tell she's like, wow, <laughs> God is a good God. And, and just, you know, when, when you get saved, God wipes the record clean. Every wrong thing you and I have done in a previous, our previous life, we get cleansed from. And the Bible says in John 1.12, as many that receive Jesus to be their Savior, who believe in Him, Father God gives them power to become children of God. It is never lose the wonder of being a child of God. Never become so sophisticated in your Christian life that you lose that wonder. Wow, God has forgiven my sin. Do you know your sin doesn't need to haunt you? The things you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 minutes ago that were wrong, it doesn't need to haunt you as you have faith in Jesus, as you ask him to keep cleansing you and washing you. Those things do not need to follow you into your future. You can put them behind you. The regrets, the shame, the condemnation, the guilt. You are a child of God. God is your father. Wow, what a privilege to be called a child of God. Why? Because you're perfect? No, because you have faith in Jesus, his son. And then there's young men and women. These are people who've become strong and they've overcome the evil one. And how have they become strong? It says the word of God lives in them. You know, they did a survey in America of 80,000 Christians. They asked them, how many times a week do you read the Bible? And then they asked them some other questions about their spiritual life. And they found that if a person read the Bible once or twice a week, it made virtually no difference to their life. If they read the Bible about three times a week, it made a little bit of difference to their life. Then they discovered something amazing. They discovered that if a person read the Bible four or more times a week, at four times a week, there was an exponential increase, a sudden increase in the spiritual effect for good on their lives. Now, I, I believe that we should read the Bible daily, shouldn't we? We should, I mean, you, you know, do you want to just eat four, you know, four days a week and then the other three days fast? You'd be a bit weak. I mean, if God calls you to that, fine. But, but listen, if it's at least four times a week, wow, something happens. This is what happened. This is what they discovered. At four or more times a week, this is what they discovered. Loneliness dropped by 30%. Anger dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationship dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%. Viewing pornography dropped by 61%. Sharing faith increased by 200%. That's four or more times a week. Wow. Gone quiet in the room. People are mentally calculating, how many times do I read the Bible a week, Lord? It may be not as many as four. Well, I'm going to read it four or more times. These two young men here, I was looking at you in worship, and I feel like the warrior spirit is, no, don't look at him. It's you as well. It's both of you. You're not getting out of it that easy. The warrior spirits, come, put, your, put your right hand out. Okay, God's putting a sword in your hands. 
It's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You get strong in the word, that warrior spirit's gonna grow on you. You're gonna be overcomers. You're gonna be warriors. You're gonna be victors. And I see leadership of other young people on your lives and you're gonna lead them in the ways of God. But you have to become stronger in the word. And as you do, I tell you what, that overcoming spirit is gonna be poured into your life. God bless you too. Wow. And then finally, fathers and mothers, and I've talked about them, they know that God can change chaos into order, darkness into light, and he is the good shepherd that shepherds us through valleys of difficulty out to the other side. The thing about that is we have to grow through the levels. You can't stay trapped at one level. And each level you take with you. So young men and women, they take the knowledge that God is their father. Fathers and mothers take the strength of the word and that overcoming ability. We take each level with us. But the concept, the need is right now in the church globally is for people to arise to another level of maturity. We've got too many Christians staying as children in the Western church. Immature when they should be mature. It's the same as the early church, Hebrews 6. He said, I should be feeding you meat, but I've got to go over the foundational truths again, he says to these Hebrew Christians. You ought to be teaching others now, but your growth's been stunted because you've stayed children. And look, you can be children for a while when you first come to Jesus, but listen, we've got to start growing through. You know what? I was pastoring a church four years after I was saved didn't know much and I really feel sorry for the people I was leading. I'm like, oh God, on judgment day, please forgive me. And, and I hope they won't abuse me because I knew very little. But nevertheless, I was. Why? Because I, I feasted on the word of God. I just got into the word, memorized it, studied it, read it every day, made a difference, brought maturity or some level of maturity. And I just think, 2023 may be a stormy year, and this may be a stormy decade, but if spiritual fathers and mothers arise and children become young men and women and young men and women become fathers and mothers and fathers and mothers become grandfathers and grandmothers raising up the next generation, then we will see the church navigate these times. And like that ox, we will lift up our horn in victory over all the works of the enemy. We will not live in defeat. We will live in victory. I mean, you know, we're in battles. It doesn't mean that if you're living in victory, you're not going to have battles. You will, but we will live in victory. Sir, you will live in victory with glasses. I tell you what, there's victory coming on your life. You just got to believe it, lay hold of God's word. Have a look at Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10 is for you right now. And so St. Francis of Assisi said this. He said, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. There's a lot of darkness out there. Do you have a light in you? His name is Jesus. He's living in you by his spirit. He is the light of the world. And in a moment, we want to pray into this because time's gone. But first, I want to make sure, do you know the Lord Jesus? Are you yet a child of God? Have you ever given your life to Christ? Have you ever asked him to forgive you from your sin? Have you ever declared to him, Lord, I understand now that you died on a cross for me to take the punishment for my sin? 
See, you go living in on your sin, you don't know Jesus, then when you stand before God on judgment day, he will say, I wanted you to live with me for eternity, but I now have to send you to a place where I'm not. And any place where God isn't is hell. And God doesn't want anyone to perish. God's not willing that any perish. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life through forgiveness of your sin. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer in a moment to allow anyone here that has never given your life to Christ or you're watching online and you've never done this. I'd love to include you in this simple prayer. Or maybe there are people here today and you've walked right away from God. And today you need to come back. Can we close our eyes to help us concentrate? And if you know that you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to Jesus today, right where you're sitting right now, I'll include you in this prayer, but I need you right now. If that's you, you're saying, yes, I need Jesus in my life or I need to come back to him. Right where you're sitting, could you quickly raise your hand? Hold it up high, I'll acknowledge it, then you can put it down. Is there anyone you're just saying yes to the Lord? Don't allow fear to stop you. Just hold your hand up high. Thank you, there's one here and another one there in the middle. Anyone else, just quickly raise your hand right now. Yes, down the back. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Just quickly raise your hand. Online. You, yes, over in the corner. Thank you. Over here. Thank you. Anyone else joining these five? You can do it online. You can do it in your room. Raise your hand. I can't see your hand, but God will see you. As don't, Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I will confess you before my Father. So just right now. Yeah, I've seen your hand. Thank you. Anyone else joining these five? Just quickly raise your hand. And I'll include you in this prayer. I don't see anyone else. Let's all stand, shall we? We're going to pray a simple prayer together that would allow those people in the audience here that have raised their hand and also uh, you that are watching online, if you would like to follow me in this prayer as well. And we get the whole church to pray with you. So if you mean this with all your heart, this is what God's going to do. Here we go. Follow me out loud. Lord Jesus. I ask you to forgive me today for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I turn from them and I turn to you. I believe that you died on a cross and rose again from the dead and you live. So I now open the door of my life and ask you to come and live in me. Lord Jesus, I now receive you Give me power to live for you for the rest of my life. Amen. Well, if you, you prayed that in the audience, please, would you come and tell someone at the end because you're halfway there. If you believe in your heart and also confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So come and tell one of the leaders and pastors here at the front as you're going out. Say, that was me. I prayed that prayer. If you're online, make sure you email the church or contact the church and say, hey, I prayed that prayer, and that would be good. Two minutes to go, and I'm going to hand back to Pastor Simon. I, I, honey, come and join me. I, I felt the word, and we want to release grace into this. I felt the word arise. Arise. That everyone here today, you need to arise to another level of maturity. You know, there's more. There's more. And um, I believe, CLC, you are meant to be an incubator for spiritual maturity 
And, and while you've got Pastor Simon and Jane as your pastors, you will not be allowed to be immature. You, you will be beckoned on in God. And so you cannot stay where you are. And what Greta and I want to do is we want to speak, arise, and release a grace into every heart today that is hungry to rise up to a new level of maturity. And you know what? When you rise and get to know more of God, it's joy and adventure. It's wow. You go, wow. God is amazing. So if that's you, you want to arise to a new level of maturity, wherever you're at, whatever level you're at currently, you want to say, God, I want to, I want to go another level. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Lord, thank you that you always have so much, much more for us in store. And Lord, you see the raised hands. Lord, we are hungry to grow more into you. And in Jesus' name, I release the spirit of grace. Receive God's lavish grace that you will step up, that you will rise up to another level. I speak, in, I release that grace um, for alignment with heaven, your heart, your will, and, your, and God's word that you will come into alignment. And I speak and release supernatural strength that you will victoriously accomplish every wonderful assignment God has for you as you grow up. And you know, while um, earlier on, I was seeing in the spiritual realm, I was seeing many spiritual fathers and mothers arising in this church. And I, I declare, I speak to you, rise up, rise up into the fullness of all God intends for you, that you will become fully mature in Jesus Christ. And because you know your God, you will do great exploits for him. Why don't you just quickly pray for the person next to you? Just pray, God, raise them up to a new level of maturity. Just take 30 seconds. I'm handing back to Pastor Simon to release us. Yes, Father. Bring the release each one of us needs, Lord. Use our prayer right now to catalyst us into the elevated status you have for us. Don't allow us to sink back into comfort, Lord. Keep us moving in step with your spirit at all times. And all God's people said, Amen.